Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Danny Wexelman with Adam Barry, who covers the Pirates for MLB.com. Adam Barry, it's been a while since we've had a chance to catch up. How are you? I'm doing just great. It's the off-season for me. I know it's not the off-season for baseball yet, but I am kind of in that off-season mode. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I was out and about for the um, NLDS and the NLCS. So uh, I'm wondering, my friend, do you have a dog in this World Series fight? Um, the Dodgers were my preseason pick, so to be consistent, I said wow. Dodgers in seven, and then after the first two games, I felt significantly less good about that, but I guess <laughs> it got me this far, so I'm going to stick with Dodgers in seven, even though the Red Sox look like the better team right now. Yeah, the Dodgers are going to need, they probably need 14 if they're going to win this thing, but uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens. The series is heading back to LA, so maybe some hometown loving can, can get them a win. We'll have to wait about that, but we're going to focus on the Pirates for the next 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's what you know all about. So let's start with Jung Ho Gong, uh, Adam. We haven't heard his name in a while, and he, there's a reason for that because he hasn't basically played a major league season in almost two years. Is this something that the Pirates are enthused about? Is this something that they are worried about? Where are the Pirates at with Jung Ho Gong? Yeah, well, they called him up the last weekend of the season basically just to keep the relationship open, just to, you know, because he missed all of 2017 following a DUI arrest uh, in South Korea. He couldn't get a work visa to get back in the country. That finally happened about five months ago, uh, six months ago. He came back in. He went through a modified spring training kind of thing, worked his way back into the minors for a sort of rehab assignment, came off the suspended list, started getting paid again and then had to have surgery on his wrist, which set him back even further. And then basically, you know, by the time he was through that rehab, you know, it was the end of the season, the Pirates called him up and, you know, gave him a couple at-bats, one start in Cincinnati. Uh, And the argument there was basically just that they want to keep that relationship in a pretty good place because now they have to decide with very little data to work with whether they want to pick up his $5.5 million club option for next season or buy it out for $250,000 and let him become a free agent. So that's one of kind of the biggest off-season decisions they have to make, and they'll have to get there, uh, you know, a couple of days after the World Series ends. And, you know, there's no real right answer right now. There's so many off-the-field concerns, uh, you know, with Jung Ho Gong and, you know, the issues that he's had in the past. He still has that suspended eight-month jail sentence kind of hanging over him. Uh, he reportedly won't have to serve that if he avoids charges for another year. But then there's just the issue of, will he be able to get another work visa after his expires in December? You know, what can they expect from him on the field, considering, you know, they haven't seen him, like you said, really for two years. He's going to be 32. He's not in his prime anymore. But then the flip side of the debate is, if he can come back and be the guy that he was in 2015 and 16, that's a legitimate power bat at third base to work with Colin Moran, and the one thing this team needs is power. So it's an affordable potential power bat, but there's just so many questions, which is why I keep coming back to the idea that they're probably going to decline the option and try to renegotiate uh, what Neil Huntington has called a middle ground, which is probably going to be like a lower guaranteed deal with maybe some performance bonuses that would you know, make up to the, the $5.5 million salary, potentially more, You know, maybe try to extend there. A partnership, you know, with another year or so, another club option or something along those lines. But hopefully those questions will be answered relatively soon uh, after the World Series ends and the Pirates make a decision and kind of uh, let us in on their thinking there. 
Yeah, another question, a big question, Mark, that they're still trying to answer is the hitting coach, and they're trying to fill that. They're looking at Andy Barkett, former AAA Indianapolis manager. He's serving as the Red Sox assistant hitting coach right now, uh, so he he knows what he's doing. The Red Sox can clearly swing the bat. Uh, what do you see as the potential fit for, for them um, and Andy Barkett? Yeah, I think that was probably the most logical guy uh, that could have come out in any sort of rumor. And, you know, if Andy Barquette wasn't a little busy uh, coaching in the World Series right now, maybe they would have already, uh, you know, made some progress on this front. But he's the only guy who's been publicly linked to the job thus far. Uh, I think ESPN's Enrique Rojas uh, first reported that he's going to interview with the Pirates and Rangers. It just makes a ton of sense. Barquette was... Uh, you know, he's put in his time in the minors. He was the Pirates' assistant hitting coordinator in 2016. And then, like you said, he managed AAA Indianapolis in 2017. He was super popular with players. Uh, you know, he, he really got along well with guys. He established those relationships. He worked with a number of guys who are on the big league team now. There's familiarity with the front office and Clint Hurdle. You know, he came up, I think, for his last month in 17 and was around the big league staff. So he's been a part of this group. And then you see, obviously, the incredible success he's had in Boston, learning from kind of an analytically-minded uh, hitting coach there. I think he could probably take some of those lessons and experiences from having worked with just that incredible cast of hitters, you know, Mookie Betts, Shady Martinez, all those guys, bring it back to another environment where he would be the guy. It would make a ton of sense to me. Not that there aren't other qualified candidates out there, but when I heard Andy Barquette connected to the job, it just made a ton of sense because... You know, he's basically the kind of guy you're looking for here, an up-and-coming guy, you know, who is familiar with the staff, young, uh, easy to relate to. I, I think he, it just makes a ton of sense based on the past, you know, the success that he's had and uh, the just a really good fit. So we'll see what happens after the World Series ends, but I would imagine if it is going to be Barquette, they'll move pretty quickly there. All right, Adam, a little bit of housekeeping we need to take care of. Joe Musgrove had an abdominal surgery. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's a big deal. Uh, he should be good to go for spring training. Is that the right report? Yeah, that is basically our understanding of it. He was shut down at the end of the season for you know an abdominal wall, muscle strain, and a stress reaction on the front of his pelvic bone. And he pitched through that for basically the second half of the season. They uh, prescribed him six weeks of rest and then said if that doesn't, you know, heal everything enough, then surgery would be an option. Turned out he needed surgery, uh, but the recovery time is about six weeks. And at that point, he can begin, he can begin his offseason workouts, and that should have him, uh, the Pirates said, on or close to uh, on schedule for spring training. And Musgrove, when he saw my tweet relaying that wording, uh, quote tweeted that and said in all caps on schedule. So he seems pretty confident that he's going to be fine come spring training. It's just kind of unfortunate for him because, you know, it's his first season with the Pirates. The stuff that he showed when he was healthy was pretty encouraging as a mid rotation starter, you know, the kind of guy they want him to be. But, you know, the season started with an injury to his shoulder. It was delayed in that way. It ended with an injury. So just kind of a frustrating, you know, way to book in his season. That was otherwise pretty encouraging because he fit in so well with the staff. Uh, you know, he performed pretty well, uh, probably better than his numbers indicated. And, you know, he's just seemed like a really good fit as far as what the Pirates were hoping to get in the Garrett Cole trade. Now he's just sort of got to once again, like, you know, the start of the season, deal with an injury and prove that he's healthy and, you know, kind of catch up without trying too hard and, you know, putting his body at risk. So he is uh, ready to go for a full healthy season, which is what the Pirates want to see out of him in their rotations. 
Absolutely. And last thing, Adam, the Arizona Fall League is taking place right now. It's not just World Series time, but there are other things going on in baseball. Sometimes we forget. But uh, Fall League, hmm. tell me about a guy who's shining right now in the Fall League. Cole Tucker, uh, the, one of the Pirates' top prospects, their top draft pick in 2014, is off to a really good start out in Arizona. Uh, as of this recording, he's batting 344 with a 908 OPS uh, for Surprise, which is a, a very uh, star-studded roster. That's where Vlad Jr. is playing out there in Arizona. Uh, Cole Tucker, when I talked to him before he went out to the Fall League, was really excited. He said he was just going to bug. I believe the quote was he was going to bug the crap out of Vlad Jr. around the batting cage and just ask him, like, how come you're so good? Can I be that good? Uh, but Cole Tucker's off to a good start in his own right. You know, he... He didn't have a great year in double-A. He got off to a pretty rough start, had a bad month of May, I believe it was, and then bounced back pretty well in the second half. So, you know, this is a guy who kind of starts, uh, kind of needs to start putting his talent into uh, production. You know, he's he's got all the tools in the world. He's uh, tall, he's strong, he's, you know, got a good swing, got speed on the bases. The numbers really just haven't quite matched his potential yet. So this is a pretty big proving ground for him to go out there and show that, hey, I can compete with the best prospects in the world. I'm ready for AAA. I, you know, if the Pirates need me to play shortstop by September, I can be that guy because, uh, you know, it looks like they need a shortstop for 2019. But ideally, it'll be Cole Tucker's job come 2020. So what he's done in the fall league is is a pretty good start in that regard. Uh, you know, they've got a couple of, of pretty big prospects out there. Will Craig. Uh, is had a pretty uh, good start at the plate, hitting 273 with an 818 OPS. One prospect I really like out there is a lefty reliever named Blake Wyman, who apparently is also pitching well. Eight innings, eight strikeouts, only one earned run allowed, six hits. Uh, right before the end of the minor league season, I actually heard him compared to Tony Watson, which is a really you know high praise for, from the Pirates' perspective because Tony Watson was a really good, durable, effective late-inning reliever for a long time in Pittsburgh. And if they can get this guy, Blake Wyman, uh, to the major, you know, to AAA next season, maybe the majors the next year, that's a good lefty arm. And it's something that they kind of lack in the bullpen right now. So that's a guy that I've got my eye on who's not quite Cole Tucker, but definitely somebody to watch out there in the fall league. Yeah, and I had a chance to meet Cole Tucker in spring training this year. And, you know, he's on our radar, obviously. So I got to interview him. And what a cool guy, you know, music. He's just, he's got some swag. But tell he's a good person so you know hopefully he can make that jump and and prove that he's he's the guy that's his position so i'm i'm he's full tucker he's just the nicest guy and like it's he's such a leader at shortstop which is something that you want at that position fans love him like he's a guy who goes out and signs autographs for two hours after minor league games end which is just incredible considering like the the demands of that lifestyle and everything and the travel and whatnot and how long the days are you'd think he'd be tired but like, it's genuine. Everything that he does in public, that's actually who he is in private, which is a really good guy, really easy guy to root for and follow along. So I completely agree with you on that front. <laughs> All right, Adam. Listen, this is it for this week, but we have many, many more weeks to come because it's not the off season, it's the other season for us. So we're going to be keeping people posted. But if you need your fix of Adam Barry, I always need my fix of Adam Barry, you can go to MLB.com slash Pirates read all of his stuff there social media he is a beast out there so adam thank you so much for taking some time to chat with me today thank you we'll do it again in a week all right with adam barry i'm danny wexelman thank you guys so much for tuning in 